WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 118, all about The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, part 6. Being the 118th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And this is actually a fake intro because we are going to jump into the middle of the recording that I did with Justin. If you haven't listened to the first part of our conversation, go back and listen to that. It came out last week. It was Desolation of Smaug Part 5. And this is the final part. I swear this time we actually are finishing Desolation of Smaug this week. But before we jump right into the conversation, we will kick off with this week's chaotic movie summary. After fending off the orcs at Bard's house, Legolas chases after them, but Tariel stays behind to save her boyfriend, who she's spoken to for a total of 30 minutes. While performing your standard elf magic, Keely sees her saving him surrounded by a heavenly glow. Yet another unrealistic expectation for women, where am I supposed to get a heavenly glow? Thorin comes to help Bilbo out, but upon seeing the treasure, something in him begins to shift, and he questions Bilbo about the Arkenstone. Bilbo's a terrible liar, but he's thankfully, or not so thankfully, interrupted by Smaug attacking them. The dwarves sneak around Erebor, trying to escape from another entrance, but discover it was closed off and the last of their people died trapped inside. Newly encouraged by the dead bodies of his kin, Thorin is determined to defeat Smaug and take back Erebor or die trying. And well, certainly some of those things happen eventually. In Lake Town, Bard wakes up in prison and can see that the dragon has been awakened, just like he freaking told everyone literally the night before. And he tries to get the guards to do something about it, but it looks like Bard may be on his own for this one. The dwarves lead Smaug on a chase through Erebor and Thorin finally takes a stand against him, claiming back Erebor once and for all. It seems like whatever effect the treasure had on him is gone for good. Smaug is smothered in molten gold that looks completely realistic, and finally we witness his desolation. Oh, oh, no, no, he's definitely alive, and if anything, that pissed him off more. Knowing the group came from Lake Town, Smaug sets off in revenge as Bilbo watches on in horror. Not just because they totally caused all of this, but also because the movie ends on a cliffhanger and he'll have to start a different movie in order to watch The Desolation of Smaug, despite that being the title of this film. They head back inside and kind of like assess the damage and everything. Um, and Keely is just lying on the floor, writhing in pain. Mm, love to see it. Um, Wait, what? You? Want oh no, to see sorry. Let me clarify. Wow. In a way, no, no, no. In a way uh, that I uh, mean, like he's hot, and if I can see him like screaming and groaning, his muscles clenching. Yeah, that would what be great. What kind of podcast is this? <laughs> okay. Now that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, you know, screaming intensely, muscles bulging. Really? Covered okay, in do you sweat. Think it's real muscles, though? It's real muscles. That, that's I don't, some padding. I don't know. Some people, like, a lot of actors get way more buff than you realize for movies. Really? Because when I look at Weapons Dwarf, you know, Weapons Dwarf, there's a shot when he's coming out of the toilet and like he's just like, rim, 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 rim. oh, this is a podcast. No one can see this. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like he's like scrunching his neck for a whole time. He's like, oh, Bilbo or whatever he has to say, you know? Yeah. And you can see it. I do know. I know that some of the dwarves are in fat suits, so they didn't mm-hmm. actually get fat fat. But I'm sure those are real muscles. Those are real muscles, definitely. Look, here's the thing. Everyone knows from from Lord of the Rings, there's nothing better than a sweaty, dirty man. 
Ew, ew. See, this is why I can't live in medieval times. It is dirty. You're telling me, you're seriously going to look at me and tell me that clean Aragorn is hotter than dirty Aragorn? 1,000%. See, when he's at the end, when he's at the end of the Return of the King and he's had a shower, he has a little crown on and everything, like, you love no, that's money, when he's you know? at. That's when he's at his worst. He does not. Why are you getting, oh my no, god! No. Okay, I, I cannot. I see that Mary okay, doesn't see, like here's the thing. Shower. Here's the thing. You've heard. You've you've heard of. And I'm not saying this. This is something that like uh-huh, uh-huh. other people. Oh, this streets. is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the person who's coining this phrase. Uh, it's been passed around on the internet. But like you've heard of clean up cleans up well. There's mm-hmm. also called like dirties up good or some something to that oh, effect. Oh, okay, okay. Like, oh, they clean up. They clean up nice. Okay, he he, dirt, he, he dirties, up dirties well. down. He dirties down nice. <laughs> no, like okay, when he is like that Aragorn at the. Why are we talking about Lord of the Rings? <laughs> We're talking about the Hobbit, but with that that aragorn he's like he looks like he's been to therapy he looks like he has a 401k he looks like look he looks that's like nice and all together. but you just like traumatic i can't be- i just can't believe that you don't think aragorn looks better with dirt on this is like a universe this is a universal opinion like okay. i'm even i'm gonna tweet out a poll right now um twitter i mean uh (laughs) listeners as you're listening to this this will have happened like three weeks ago at this point oh gosh (laughs) but i'm gonna tweet this out eric gorn looks better and then i'm gonna add the options clean and dirty Uh 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 there we go uh oh, what happened to the poll? Oh, there it is. <laughs> I thought it I thought it didn't tweet with the poll. And then it was just gonna <laughs> it was just gonna say Aragorn looks better, dot dot dot, and then nothing else. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Back to this one. Yeah, Keely's writhing around in pain and screaming. Oh no. Um <laughs> Oh, it looks like hundred percent of the votes said clean. I don't Oops. <laughs> oh well. So um, Legolas is like, okay, our work here is done. Let's go, Tariel. And then Tariel, she gets like, there's this one point where she's like kind of looking at Keely and the uh, like everything. And then she gets up and she's this very intense like look on her eyes. And I was like, oh my God, it's just an, el- it's just an elf thing. Because Legolas does the same thing, has the same thing. It was something that probably I only noticed. Um, <laughs> and as she's walking out the door to follow Legolas, um, Bofur turns the corner and he props to Bo- Bofur throughout this whole ordeal of being attacked by orcs. He still managed to hold on to that weed, the um, Athelus. Mm-hmm. And she reaches down and picks it up. And Bofur says, what are you doing? In a way that like, I predicted this and I saw it coming <laughs> and I still screamed and was like this is terrible she goes i'm going to save him you think it's terrible yeah it's so it's so corny it's so cheesy and it's also just so it, it is just so blatantly obvious that like they wrote this female character to be a love interest 
and to save one of our main characters and to like serve the purposes of our main characters. And it was like they did with this line, I'm going to save him. They didn't even try to like disguise that at all. I think they thought it was going to be this sweet moment, but I was like, (sighs) I'm over this. I will say you are not wrong. That (laughs) That all those things are true. Tario was 100% just created to save the male characters. I get that. But that being said, I love romance so much. I love it so much. I don't mind that, like, if there was going to be a romance line that's fu- sub subplot, then then just do it well is my thing because they didn't. What would you have changed? Oh, I've already like written a whole fan fiction about <laughs> it. Basically, no, I haven't written anything. But my my proposal basically. So first of all, the studio forced them to do a love triangle and add in this additional interest with Legolas. Um, it doesn't even feel like a love triangle because Legolas doesn't even like <laughs> he's the Terminator. He's the, in one mission, one goal. I know. And know? like the only reason that you know that Legolas likes Tariel is because there's a scene where Thranduil is like, my son, you know, has eyes for you or whatever. So my my proposition is that you make Tariel and Keely have much more of the like playful banter not dissimilar to how it was to with with Gimli and Legolas <laughs> of like playful elf dwarf banter where like at first they are kind of like annoyed or disgusted with each other and then you also need to like make Keely more of a charmer he needs to I don't know be more charming or something I think he's I think he's pretty charming don't get me wrong are you kidding <laughs> me Justin, no, no, no. Justin's no, no, no. mouth just dropped to the floor when I said no, that no, no, I think no, no, he's no. fairly no, no. charming as it is but I think you need to really amp that up and have him be like a very like kind of like cocky very sure of himself and very much like like a ladies man you know have him be a player and really getting on Tariel's nerves and then slowly but surely she starts falling for him. But then, and then this is how you could also better tie in the Legolas part is that you have Legolas and Tariel be like established, like childhood BFFs. And I think that's what they're supposed to be, but I don't, it doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. when they're like acting with each other. Um, You have them be best friends and they both kind of have crushes on each other. And Legolas eventually realizes that she does like Keely, even though she's not going to admit it to herself. And then (laughs) Legolas is the one to go to Tariel and be like, you like him. And I think you need to admit that to yourself because and and then Tariel's like, but I thought you liked me, you know, and then he would go, well, I want I just want you to be happy. And then he goes to Keely. See, aren't isn't that so much better than what this turned out to be? <laughs> May I argue? May I argue? That is what we got in this story. What do you we mean? have okay, yes. He is the most charming character. Like, you know, with the whole thing where it's like, oh, are you gonna check me? I could have something on my trousers. 
or nothing. Or nothing. Or like with the whole stone bit. It's like, oh, this was a family heirloom or whatever he says. I'm just kidding. It was like, it's just a rock or whatever he says. Like, that was so charming to me. And the fact that I don't need Tariel to like, I guess, be in that, like, rebuff or be a Legolas stand-in like the way Legolas and Gimli were to me that's such a it was such a unique pairing that I really liked that is and, yeah mm-hmm. you know what I mean like we I want to preserve like, that yeah those yeah. feelings with Gimli and Legolas it goes back to my point where like this movie succeeds it's about the company and it's about like the people in the company and it's about the like essential question or themes of the oh, movie. Yes. You know 100%. I mean? Like does, <laughs> does this entire love story derail the original plot of the movie? Exactly. Yes. 100%. No, it doesn't. Yes, no, it, it does. Doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it oh doesn't. Oh my gosh. No. Okay. Let me argue. Let me argue. America, please be on my side, please. <laughs> I when it, Okay. It goes back to the culture versus legacy thing. Every character, most of the characters are dealing with this, except for Gandalf, because he's doing God knows what in a fucking cage and God knows Wizard what. Wizard, who knows what wizard culture is like? <laughs> who knows? But this Tariel feels a duty to uphold the legacy of elves and to do whatever the elves do. And when she breaks from that, the dwarves succeed and the dwarf lives. I think his name is Keely, right? He li- yes. he lives. You know what I mean? Well, okay, all right, okay. I see what you mean. In this exact yeah. instance, yes, yes, yes. And okay, so- in this scene, in this moment, yes, that does make yeah. sense. I'm not sure that that necessarily tracks for like their entire storyline. Really? Because like when to me, Tario becomes her own, just like Legolas did. When she embraces other people's experiences and embraces yes. other people's culture, you know, that's what I got from it. I understand that Tario is also a studio mandate at the same time. I know, I know, know, right? It's like, okay, all right. So we'll we'll come back to them. I'm sure we'll we'll have more words to exchange when we come back what to is them. It hurt so much. <laughs> So it does hurt so much. It hurts a lot in so many ways. So, it was real. <laughs> um, oh, also, I should mention, Legolas just like runs off. He doesn't even look back to see that Tariel <laughs> decided to stay and help them. Bad boyfriend. Thorin runs inside and meets Bilbo. And we don't see, maybe I totally missed something, but I feel it, and maybe there is a scene in like an extended edition, Mm -hmm. um, but we don't see what moved Thorin to go inside and check on Bilbo because the last we saw him, he was outside with uh, with Balin and he was saying, no, I'm not going to go inside. Like, I want Bilbo to try and, you know, defeat Smaug. I want this treasure back. Like, I'm, you know, not going to go in and help him. And then all of a sudden he's running in to help him. And then he he sees Bilbo and is like kind of relieved. And then he sees the treasure. And then that really like takes over him all of a sudden. Um, now that it's like right in front of him. I thought it was I thought because last time we see Thorin, Balin's like, this isn't what the real Thorin would do. And in my head, Thorin's like, Oh, really? Let me just go down the hell bet. Yeah. <laughs> bet, you, know? you know what? That is that is kind of true to his character to be like, fine prove you wrong yeah okay all right yeah i can see that um and um yeah again here i really wish this 
idea, like the idea of the sickness was a little bit more subtle and gradual because it's all of a sudden already taken a hold of Thorin. Thorin asks Bilbo, is the Arkenstone here? And Bilbo, again, he's a terrible liar. <laughs> terrible liar. He's like, no, I didn't see it. I didn't see anything. <laughs> what? No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and he does a terrible job of being like, no, the Arkenstone is not here. Thorin holds his sword up to him. And mm. I don't know what el- I don't know how that moment would have gone further had Smaug not come in and like interrupted it. Um, but Thorin was fully ready to to fight <laughs> and to, you know, threaten Bilbo's life, I think, to get the truth about like, y- you saw the Arkenstone. Where is it? I think what... <sighs> There's another, like, with between Bilbo and Thor and this whole relate question of, like, what are we to each other? Like, Thorin is so hesitant to even call Bilbo by his name, like, five minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, and Bilbo, he doesn't think that relationship is strong with Thorin in the first movie until, like, the end where he saves them. And, like, spoilers for the third movie. Oh. He's, like, he... When he's like, I am a 14th member of this company. They need me. And that solidifies that. And the tragedy of Thorin still thinking him as a means to an end. That, that's, that's the poetic, poetic nature of it. You know what I mean? It, it, that's what really got me about it. And that's like that moment where Thorin yeah. holds him as a, like, as a sword, at sword point. No, we aren't. Yeah. <laughs> you will never be a dwarf. You will never be a part of this company. And that's and that's what like leads yeah. Bilbo to not betray them. Yeah, he does betray them. You know. Yeah, yeah. So Smaug comes up, charges at them, and like breathes fire, and they start running away. And the rest of the dwarves run inside and like meet up with them too. And it, Thorin's coat catches on fire and then he like takes it off and they wrote that into the script because Richard Armitage really hated the coat. <laughs> Which I think it's so funny because that's not the first time that I've heard things about um, actors hating a costume piece or, or a wig or something and like not you know I mean I know that my high school theater experience was the same thing as being an actor <laughs> in the Hobbit trilogy um but like in theater we were told like whatever costume you get you don't say a word about it you wear it and you mm. shut up you know you don't complain mm-hmm. and so I think it's hilarious that like this this is not the first story I've heard about like an actor hated some aspect of like their character's physical appearance uh, appearance and then the like writers wrote something in to to change that for them so i thought that was funny also kind of funny he is literally on fire and like (laughs) drops to the ground and is like oh oh," and then he literally and then he jumps back up and is like all right let's go (laughs) like he was not just on fire. <laughs> they deal with heat all the time. I, I believe that, you know. They're not, <laughs> I, I'm not saying they're fireproof, but, you know, they, they Maybe. can stop dropping They've got roll. hardened skin, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we go check back in with Keely, who's <laughs> screaming, oh, yeah, love him. Um, and... <laughs> the way again again the way that all of this was just so predictable for me and it still outraged me so okay Tariel is doing some elf magic 
<laughs> she's saying elf words and she's like rubbing the athelus in her hands and the kids the the girls are like oh we'll help too and they like come over and hold keely down and they get involved and she presses the weed into his wound and then he kind of like starts i don't know hallucinating or or whatever and he looks up at her and i was like oh no and then we go but we we do this sh- we show this shot of tariel and she's she's speaking in elvis still <laughs> and she and she and keely are having some intense eye contact um and she is glowing there's a light like her voice fades out and then this like glow comes from behind mm-hmm. her because I guess Ke- it's supposed to be from Keeley's mm-hmm. perspective of like he's sick mm-hmm. and he's dying and he thinks this is like an angel come down to save him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I uh, just you hate it, don't you? You hate I it. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Why? I, I get it. I understand, but it's like it's sweet. It's sweet. Come on, have it's, a heart. It's so corny. And again, it's just the way that, like, it's so blatantly clear that, like, this character, this w- one woman <laughs> of in this trilogy um, is here to be the savior character for everyone else. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, literally, even when even when she's not doing something, you know, to like that's involved with the romantic plotline, pretty much anything she's doing is saving the dwarves. Mm, I can't defend that. You know? <laughs> You're and not like, wrong. Yeah. It's just, it's just it just pains me in a way that it's like you didn't even try to like expand anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know? Would you delete Tario from the story? That's the difference. <sighs> Here's okay. Here's what I do. Here's here's what I would do. Okay, I would, okay. I would take Tariel out, reduce Legolas to just be like a cameo or a small. Have a couple scenes when they're in Mirkwood, because that makes sense. That like they're showing up to Mirkwood and that's where he lives. You know, mm-hmm. so like he's there and we see him, and then maybe he can show up again with Thranduil in Battle of Five Armies. Sure, mm-hmm. that's fine. To add in some female representation, just make some of the dwarves women, you know? Oh, okay, okay. Especially because, you know, for how many of them did we list off that we don't even know what their names are, you know? (laughs) So, like, if some of them are so inconsequential that we don't even know their names, it's not that, like, them being male has no mm-hmm. effect on the actual plot, you know? True, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so if we're playing this game, which dwarves would you gender bet? Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know. Um, It could be fun to make either, to make one of either like Keely or Feely a woman just to, I don't know, have some fun Ooh. different family dynamics. Uh-huh. Um. I was going to say kind of like, who are the the twins in the How to Train Your Dragon series? And they're like boy-girl twins, and they have like yeah. constant bickering. But Keely and Feely don't ever like bicker. They're just like constantly playing off of each other and being mm-hmm. like battle duo buddies, whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe like one of them, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, I got a good could one. Be, maybe, maybe the the one who's supposed to be like the doctor, the one who has the earpiece 
Maybe have someone come in or the dwarf who's supposed to be like navigating them. So someone in a role of somewhat intelligence in the in the group could be a woman. I don't I don't know. But again, it doesn't really I it doesn't and there's no there's zero romance in The Hobbit. So mm. you could honestly make any of them. And if you're, that's right, I forgot, I got rid of Tariel. So you can make both Keely and Feely women if you want to. Um, Ooh, okay. But I think that would make, I think that would make too many people mad. I'm, I'm flying, I'm sailing too close to the sun. Um, so maybe I would just say like Ori, Nori, and Dory, you know, could be women. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, what if, what if um, Balin, old dwarf, mm-hmm. was played by a woman? Like someone with like maybe maybe Meryl Streep as Ball, <laughs> you know? or no 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 not not Meryl Streep, Betty White as Ballin. Come on, no, a sweet old lady. No, because Ballin, no, because Ballin's gotta have that like those like quiet words of wisdom, you know. You don't think Betty White has quiet Dame words Maggie of Smith. wisdom? Maggie oh, Smith. You're right. You're right. It's Ballin. As there you a go. Sweet old there lady. you go. And then Betty White can be Bofer. Oh, okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. There we like, go. Yeah. You're right. And then Meryl, right. Meryl Streep is Thorin, obviously. If Meryl Streep is going to come in and play a dwarf, it's obviously going to be Thorin, you know? The most important one. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um,. So anyway, long story short, they they heal Keeley. Yay. That, my friends, took like this subplot of healing Keeley. Just it it took up like one third of the movie. And spoiler Mm. alert, it is all for nothing. (laughs) Because Keeley dies in Battle of Five Armies. They spent like a third of this movie dedicated to saving the life of Keeley. Only to kill him off in Battle of Five Armies. You're not I wrong. Think that's a, You're not I wrong. think that's a terrible waste of like screen time and script, you know? Really? No. And I think I... if the if the only purpose you were gonna have uh I, I think like the only reason I think that they had this subplot about Keeley like dying was so that there was a reason for some of the dwarves to stay behind at Lake Town. So that, like, mm-hmm. when we cut back to Lake Town to see what Bard is doing and stuff, it kind of makes sense that, like, okay, well, we're cutting back in to see what these dwarves are up to. Mm. Um, and then it's also a way, it's a plot device to advance the re- relationship of Tariel and Keeley. Uh, okay. I have a script doctor question. Okay. Okay. So I'm taking my red pen out. What if we keep the dwarves there at Lake Town, right? Okay. Antario, keep Antario. Okay. We cut the Bard family for now. For now. No, no. Wait, wait. We cut. We cut Bard and the family. So when Smog comes to Lake Town to destroy it, the dwarves use the Black Arrow. And imagine this scene. You know how, like in the Battle of Five Armies, where Bard has his son's shoulder as like to steady the arrow to kill Smog. Yes, which is kind of stupid, and I'll talk about next week. Yeah, <laughs> rewrite that scene, but with Tariel shooting the arrow. Oh, with Keely's uh, uh, shoulder, just like that way, the dwarves kind have that's a kind of fun. Okay, yeah, that's fun. I don't. The problem though is that Bard is actually the best character. 
And <laughs> you're you, kidding. You're kidding. No, Bart, Bart is the best character, especially Gaston. Is okay. The, oh so my here's gosh. the thing. All right. So here's the, all right. Let me let me set this up for you from the perspective of you're reading The Hobbit. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. you're reading The Hobbit. All of the dwarves they go they go they come into Lake Town and then they go to the mountain and then things with the dragon happen. He comes out and is like, "Well, I'm going to attack Lake Town," and goes to attack Lake Town. We go to a chapter that has not a single like character that we have been following is in this chapter, and it introduces uh we're we're back in Lake Town as Smaug is coming towards Lake Town and it introduces this random character that you've never met before named Bard. It talks about how he's kind of the loner of the town and that his family and he is a descendant of the leader of Dale, the the town that burned when Smaug originally attacked the mountain. Mm-hmm. His, I don't even remember necessarily if that story about like, oh, he tried, you know, hitting the dragon and then failed. And then that's supposed to be like the shame of his family that like his ancestor didn't defeat Smaug. I don't think that, yeah, that's not a part of the book. Bard is Mm -hmm. just, he is just a dude (laughs) who... Mm -hmm. Lo- his, his, his family like lost their land basically when Smaug attacked mm. that they had rule over it's kind of he's had like a downfall so his family has had a downfall since then and then the dragon comes and he had been warning people like hey like there's this prophecy I think it's gonna come true and everyone's like oh bard the dragon's attacking and he has kept this single and i think in the book that it's like actually a black arrow like a regular arrow and not a mm. <laughs> ridiculously sized spear mm-hmm. and he has this single arrow that has been like passed down from generations in his family and he uses it and hits the weak spot in smaug's armor and then they are afterwards they're all like king bard and he kind of he really steps up and is like, I'm going to like lead this town and protect these people. Mm-hmm. And he's the best character <laughs> because really? up until the, because up until then, I mean Bilba's nice and all. Bilba's nice. Up until then, Gandalf so far Gandalf disappeared, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and Thorin has just been mean the whole time. Oh. Yeah. And then maybe some of the like every now and then a dwarf would say something and do something nice for Bilbo, but it was never in a consistent way where I was like, oh, Bomber's really stepping up and, you know, being a friend to Bilbo. <laughs> so at that point in the story, Bard is the best character. <laughs> what? Because he oh. comes out of nowhere, defeats the dragon, and then is like immediately a man of honor. Really? Yes. Ugh, I guess he's on. So I will I guess not. He... I will not allow you to delete Bard. You can delete his family if you would like. Although I love that they made him a single father. Duh! <laughs> it bothered me so much. They that say they, they, they say they it so add, much. They don't say the <laughs> last D. It's just one it's letter. They want. They really want you to know that they're you know British or. <laughs> What whatever accent they have, they really want you whatever. to be sure that you hear it. Da, they like, say oh it my God. all the time. It's they do say it a lot. They do say. It I a lot. will say that Bard, unfortunately, 
does fit into the central question and the central theme of legacy yeah. and culture. So he does, but we'll get we'll get there when we get there <laughs> because the you know. Um, where were we? All right, Keely's been healed. <laughs> um, Hooray! This is where it really starts going back and forth between a lot of things. Um, what did I write? Oh, okay, that's right. So back inside Erebor, the dwarves are trying to sneak out. They're trying to go out of a back entrance. And then while they're sneaking out, they hear this, like, coin clatter. And Bilbo, like, everyone turns and looks at Bilbo and it's like, oh, my God, you stole <laughs> you stole treasure or something. And he's like, that, that wasn't me. And they look up above. And Smaug, I love that shot of Smaug. Amazing walking over them and they're all just silent and they're just like no one move a muscle <laughs> oh beautiful like one of the best shots of the whole movie it's a really yeah it's a really good shot it's really cool we go back to keely and tariel keely inexplicably is using like a a, a bowl of walnuts as a pillow <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, but his head is resting on a bunch of walnuts. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's kind of like mumbling, like feverishly talking. And he looks up at Tariel and is like, and is like, she saved me, but you can't be her because she like, she's not here. She's far away. Mm -hmm. And like, I think I loved her or something. And Tariel is just kind of like. Okay, that was that was that was a lot of revelations, (laughs) and she doesn't say anything to him. (laughs) Awkward. Yeah, she doesn't say anything. Like, no, I am like I really am here. You know, she doesn't Mm -hmm. do anything to like reassure him that like, no, I'm here. I'm not a hallucination or or whatever. It's a sweet moment, kind of cute. You hate it. You hate it. They (laughs) reach. They like reach down and like kind of i don't even think they like hold hands their fingers just kind of brush each other it's a it's it's sweet it still feels very forced um given that they're because think about it from keely's perspective right Mm -hmm. you had this conversation with a really beautiful elf um while you were being imprisoned by her you were in Mm -hmm. a cell and you were having a conversation it was something about stars Mm -hmm. right and then you escape the prison, and then the next time you see her, you think she's a fever dream. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, also, same from Tariel, where, like, she had this one conversation and then finds out from the orc that they're interrogating that he's been poisoned. And she's like, I'm going to throw everything about my life away, and I'm going to go after them and save them. Even though she's like, no, I'm actually going to stop the dwar- I'm going to go stop the orcs. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm defeating evil. I think it checks out. I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. Look, Because no, I'm a hopeless romantic. Don't I ever know. feel the need to defend that. Yes, you are a hopeless romantic and don't ever change that about yourself. It's just like, yeah, when she got to meet a dwarf or meet someone else from a different culture, she was like, wow. Like, the same thing happened to every freshman in college. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, you know? It happens, you know? It does happen. It does happen. I'll give her that. So the dwarves in Erebor um, find the entrance has been 
like destroyed and it's blocked off and they find all of the remains like skeletal remains of the people of their people who had been trapped in there and died there and they're like well i guess that'll happen to us too that's really depressing (laughs) and thorin's like no we will fight and then kind of does like if we like if we burn we will all burn together and they they start scheming Mm. i love 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 this scene so much but number one it's almost a foreshadowing to what happens in moria in the fellowship a little bit oh yeah yeah. Uh but i it in they go to that room looking for a place to escape and they find a room full of dwarves who wouldn't leave their home who wouldn't fight for their culture who died in fear of like of you know what I mean? They died in fear of what could happen to them. And they hold, held it so tightly that they died. And that's how I read it. So when Thorne is like, no, this will not be our legacy. This is not how we go out. Mm-hmm. We will do the things that we know how to do, that only dwarves can do. That is how we succeed. And that's how they succeed, you know? Like by screwing the legacy, screwing the past, screwing what dwarves are supposed to do or whatever. They like... They, you know what I mean? It like they embrace that culture within themselves, and that's how they succeed. That's what I love about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like um, one of the rare moments of clarity that we have of Thorin, like right now in this story, because the previous scene, you know, he was kind of like already entranced by the treasure and was holding Bilbo at, you know, sword point, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. And then, you know, in the next movie, he totally goes off the deep end. But, like, here in this scene and, like, the the rest of, um, like, the end of this movie, he is Thorin and he is, like, fighting to take back, um, like, his land and his, his people. Like, for the sake mm-hmm. of his people. Mm-hmm. So they scheme and they come up with a little plan. And I love how it's, like, very, this plan is very chaotic and I think that makes a lot of sense for them. And it's very like fun and fitting where they're like running around distracting Smaug and they're like, hey, over here. And <laughs> like, just kidding, over here. Um, and trying to like bring Smaug into, you know, certain areas of, of Erebor. Uh, and then we go back to Lake Town. And um, remember earlier when I was like, I don't care what the orcs are doing. The orcs are talking to each other and they're like, let's go back to Dol Guldur <laughs> because I don't even remember <laughs> why. <laughs> Whatever. Um, they're interrupted by Legolas, however. Yeah. Um, and Legolas, yeah, is in like a huge battle with all these orcs that just keep popping up. Um, and it, it was getting to, what did I put? Okay, so at one point he is fighting one-on-one with one orc for a while, and he's, like, smashing his head repeatedly into a post. And I was like, is that one Bolg? (laughs) So that was the thing, is, like, I couldn't remember which one was supposed to be the main orc. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then shortly after that moment, I was like, okay, he's been doing this for a while, and then after like it went on for a little bit more and I was like okay I think we could have cut this scene down like we didn't have to have the like it's a very extensive fight sequence of Legolas and all these orcs just but and I'm like all right all right 
We're good. Like, it's enough. It's enough slices. <laughs> you know what's really bad? That even like the metalhead orc that he's facing off with, he's like, you know what? I'm tired of this. He leaves the fight. <laughs> he goes like like this is fighting him off, and then he leaves. He just leaves. He's like I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but, like even he, he was over that scene too. Um, I think I can't remember. Does Tario pop up and help? him in no, that fight. I can't remember. Doesn't. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so he jumps off on a horse <laughs> and leaves, um, and Legolas watches him go, and that's when he l- realizes he- his nose is bleeding. That's never oh. happened to Legolas before. Oh, has he even had a scratch? God forbid Legolas that gets That porcelain, beautiful, unmarred skin of Legolas. Um... This is so I shared the trivia earlier, um, where there are only two moments in this movie where Legolas blinks. And one is in oh. that interrogation scene where Thranduil chops off the head of the orc, and mm-hmm. then the other is right now when he realizes that he's bleeding. Whoa. I'm like, that's a really ran- that's a really random detail for them to decide to go with, but okay. <laughs> he is the Terminator. Okay, remember- he is the Terminator. Yeah, like I'd remember in Terminator Two when the I've cop- never seen any of the Terminator movies, but continue oh, anyway. Okay, anyway, it's like the cop. <laughs> The actor who played the Terminator in two, because Arnold Schwarzenegger turns into a good Terminator, and then like the T one million, whatever he's called, the Liquid Terminator comes out, and the actor trained so hard to not blink when you fire a gun, because everyone like blinks when you fire a gun. He yeah. had to train himself not to blink when, because in the whole movie, the Terminator does not blink whatsoever so he had to That's train so himself freaky. i know so right yeah. it's so like you don't like notice it until you're like oh oh oh, oh god it's so creepy and yeah. that makes legless the real terminator yeah, he is the terminator fully <laughs> Um, and Legolas is like, no one makes me have a nosebleed and gets away with it. And so he jumps on a ho- on horseback and goes after this guy. And I think that's the end. En- that's the end of like the orcs and Legolas plotline of this movie. I think it mm-hmm. might also be the end. I think we've also seen the last of like Tariel and um, Keely and those dwarves as well. So I think I could. I might come back later and say something else. Um, but I think for the rest of the movie, we're just in Erebor with the dwarves fighting uh, Smaug. Mm. Um, and no, I'll get to that later. Whatever. So, yeah, we have a huge fight sequence um, with Smaug and they're like bringing him, chasing him around Erebor and leaving, leading him into certain rooms. And then they're like cutting down ropes that have like mine carts on it. And then they like smash his neck and he gets tangled in them and everything um and then at one point uh i thought this was a really cool moment uh thorin is standing on smaug's like snout and then he opens his mouth and you can see the fire like in like down his throat as (laughs) thorin is uh is like standing on the like top part of his nose and -hmm. it's a really cool it's a really cool scene and a really cool shot they eventually get into the 
I don't know, gold smelting room. I don't know what any of these rooms are, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I have a plan, but like we need to fire these up. And they're like, there's not enough. There's not a hot enough fire to to get everything going at once. And Thorne's like, oh, isn't there? <laughs> and, <laughs> and goes to uh, bait Smaug. And then Smaug comes over and is ready to breathe fire. And then he's like, take cover. And I'm like, should we have not have maybe taken cover beforehand? <laughs> like, could you, know you have, Yeah, fair. Could you fair. have taken a moment to b- tell other doors, be like, hey, we're going to get Smaug to breathe fire into this room. So everyone go find a hiding spot. Okay. <laughs> Rather than like the five seconds before it happens, they all um, jump against these pillars that's um, such a beautiful shot of like the fire going past them i was like hell and, like, yeah i'll of course mention there's no way that like physically they wouldn't have been burned like they still would have been burnt to a crisp most likely really but really? i think so i think so but Come you know on. it's a movie it has a dragon i'll allow it <laughs> mm-hmm. like maybe it wasn't that hot you know, maybe, I don't know. Come on. <laughs> They're used to it by now. Exactly. Um, and so he lights up all of the, like, machines that they need to get gold melting. Um, And this is the, int- this is part of the movie where up until now, the CGI and everything with Smaug was doing great. We're doing great, buddy. Um. Mm-hmm. And then there are a couple there are a couple shots in particular of him when he's trying to smash in like through the gates or some bars looks absolutely terrible. I don't know really? why. Yeah, it looks like an animated movie. And then there's also several different not so much right now, but particularly towards the end, um shots with the molten gold that looks yeah. super super animated. I can't I can't defend that. I know. It's okay. okay. You don't have to defend everything. I know. And like um it's a, it's just a real shame for me that like they couldn't have paid such close attention to those CGI details during this battle sequence. I think it's probably just cuz like there's so much happening and like there's a lot of movement that like I'm like, okay, those dwarves right in that shot are obviously not real people. Those ones are obviously, like, animated and stuff. And Mm -hmm. so it's a shame that, like, Smaug looks so good and then they couldn't or didn't, you know, weren't able to pay as much careful attention to the rest of, like, this this sequence with Smaug. Do you think that's a consequence of moving it from two movies to three movies? Yes, absolutely, because there were a lot of, there's, like, a lot of trivia about, like, the sound editors were pulling all-nighters because they were behind in schedule, and mm. um, Bolg, I know, was, like, a last-minute digital edition. They were originally going to have him be, like, a a real like an actor oh you know? yeah the dwarf uh, army guy no who no, rides um, in on the pig are you talking about that guy that's, no bolg is the main orc <laughs> one um. of the main orcs <laughs> okay yeah that's the, the, the what's pale his name orc i know who you're talking hand. about yeah yeah that's azog oh, oh this okay. is where see it's moments like these where i'm like i feel increasingly insane <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm like, true. no, not that orc. It's a different orc. Oh, the different pale one. Anyway, yeah. 
It's so Bolg is technically Azog's son. <laughs> I don't think I don't what? think that like you would know that information from the movie. Um, but that's something that you learn in the book. So technically, actually, in the book, Azog is dead to begin with. Oh wait, what? Like this idea of the pale orc, he does not exist in the book. It's just this like general like army like group of orcs that they are kind of like fleeing from the whole time and they show up at the end you lied to. <laughs> i know yeah look there's a lot you gotta make changes when you're making a 250 page book into three movies <laughs> uh, i guess but yeah. like, I, maybe maybe if we cut the orc son and just had one orc bad guy he's like it feels weird to me that i know like, yeah yeah I know. The, we didn't Metal need head it. Door. Yeah, I like know, yeah. The, I like the design, but like maybe if we just hyped up one big bad dwarf, there's one like un not dwarf orc, orc one yeah. big bad orc that is unstoppable, can go toe to toe with Legolas of all people. So when he is defeated, it's like a really big moment, you know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think that some of these moments where like the CGI and stuff doesn't seem to hold up well, I think that's definitely, and that's just like me, you know, talking out of my ass. Like, I don't know if that's actually what had happened, but it seems to me that like they had a lot of rushed production schedule because this change from two movies to three was um, pretty last minute in terms of like, you know, film production and so i'm sure that like they were just running out of time to do things and some things just didn't you know make the cut of a lot of care and attention and that's unfortunate um okay what happens after this (laughs) who knows yeah so they fight so they start melting all this gold for this plan that like we don't know what this plan is we're just kind of like watching it unfold um and at one point, Thorin says to some of the other dwarves, lead him to the gal- gallery of the kings. And I'm like, they don't know where that, like, y'all just got here. And some of these dwarves have never been here before. <laughs> like, they don't know where that is. <laughs> it's it's in their blood. They know. They, they can, know. can follow a gut instinct. Just follow, yeah, just start running through and be like, my gut tells me it's this way. <laughs> Once you've been the one dwarven kingdom, you've been to them all. It's kind of like Disneyland. It's all set up the same, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so then there's more of this, of the sequence of the dwarves fighting, um, or not necessarily even fighting, just like running, kind of leading a chase scene of Smaug and leading him into this trap. And it's very long and extensive. And this is where I really, really wish they had just cut all of this nonsense and taken those first 10 minutes of Battle of Five Armies and put it here because starting... You, the, the fact that they did not, that the big climactic battle moment of the desolation of Smaug was not the <laughs> desolation of Smaug <laughs> is ridiculous. I cannot defend that. That is, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Even I, when I was watching that, HBO Max, I was like, well, I have to finish this in my head. I have to like finish the movie. Yeah, you, in my head. yeah, you yourself said earlier that you needed that resolution, you know. Yeah. And so yep. I really, really, really wish they had just cut from like the moment where 
Thorin comes in and sees Bilbo and and Smaug starts charging at them. And then maybe there could have been another moment of like them trying to maybe maybe Smaug sees that one of them has the Arkenstone or something or has taken some of the treasure and he gets so mad that he's like, fine. I know that you came from Lake Town, so that's where I'm going to go. And then you could have had some of that moment that happens towards the end of this of Bilbo being like, please don't do that. Like, they're innocent. You could have had some of that. And then so just cut right from when Thorin first walks in and then Smaug charges, then Smaug breaks out of the mountain and then goes into Lake Town. And then we have the big climactic I think the problem is that Peter Jackson didn't want to have a climactic battle moment that didn't directly involve like Bilbo and Thorin, you know, I think Mm. he wanted that to be because those are the main characters. But the the problem is that Tolkien wrote a weird book (laughs) where he has this really cool, uh, like villain monster dragon and Instead of having that be the climactic moment of the entirety of The Hobbit, he has Smaug fly off and then gets killed by a character that you had never met previously. Yeah, that's f***ed up. Tolkien was... I don't know why he wrote it that way. I love Bard. I love Bard. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. Yeah. But... So if you're following the source material, it doesn't really make sense that like you would have this climactic moment without your main characters. Um, and so I just really, it just pains me so much that you you start the Battle of Five Armies and that first 10 minutes is dope. It's awesome. And I just really wish it had been at the end of Desolation of Smaug instead of the beginning of Battle of Five Armies. Okay. Let me raise you this. Let okay. me raise you this. I never gave a f- about the desolation of smoke. I never cared about Lake Town. That moment of Thorin talking to Smog, to me, is the whole point of the Hobbit films boiled into one interaction between, not like, it's all been leading up to this to me, in that Thorin has been waiting on this legacy of his home to be the yeah. king of the mountain or the king of the and, mountain. Yeah, and he's, he's been like yes. waiting to face that. Yeah. Yes. And he has been like, this is what I do. This is what the kings of the dwarven people have always done. Reclaim our homelands. But, but we, he forgets that he has been more of a king before this moment. And he never needed the Arkenstone to be the king under the mountain. I know, he never I know. needed that. He led his and company to safety. I he, think that yeah. that should have been like the moral of the story, you know? Yes. Is that like, it was. you don't it need was. a stone to lead people. And Exactly. He inspired the people of Lake Town to, like, to support their journey. He did all of these things. In that moment when he... Um, He's like, he doesn't care about being king of the mountain. He just wants to protect his home. And the dwarves use the things that they're good at, like forging things and building gold and building these amazing structures. Thorin stands on the shoulders of his mm-hmm. people 
And in that moment, he is stronger than any dragon. And in that moment, the golden statue melts because it was never about the gold. It was never about this. It was, like, you know what I mean? That's that's what I love is, about that moment. That is and really like, great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, so I'm sitting at my little like living room chair and I'm like, yes, he is the king of the mountain. He never needed the Arkenstone. He never needed any of that. Mind you, that all goes away in the Bell of Five Armies. I know, that's yeah. the point. That's the point. That's the point. You know? We backtrack a bit. We backtrack a bit in the next movie. Yeah. So I totally agree with you that like this is a very meaningful interaction of him like facing head on Smaug, who destroyed his land and took away like everything from him. Um, do you want me to blow your mind when Uh-oh. I tell oh, you no. Thorin and Smaug don't even interact in the book? Why? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Because Tolkien was insane for some reason. He Here's what? how it goes down in the book. They tell Bilbo to sneak inside and see what's happening with the dragon situation. And he goes mm-hmm. in and he keeps he keeps the ring on the whole time and it's more like Bilbo and Smaug just kind of like chat. There's none of this like back of mm-hmm. him like chasing around, chasing him around the treasure room or anything like that. They just like stand there and talk. And then <laughs> Bilbo at one point sneaks away. And now that Smaug is awake, he he could like smell Lake Town on them on him. And mm-hmm. then he. It's like, oh, you came because he doesn't recognize the smell of Hobbit. So he doesn't Mm. know where Bilbo came from. So when he assumes like, oh, you came from Lake Town, I'm going to go attack Lake Town. And so that's when he leaves Mm. and he goes and attacks Lake Town. And then Thorin and the rest of the dwarves go. They're like, I guess we're safe now. And then they go into the treasure room. Mm. And then meanwhile, Smaug is in Lake Town and then he gets killed. The end. Yeah. Wow. I like the movie better. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm totally with you because like reading it, I was like, this makes no sense. Like this Mm. makes no like narrative structure sense that like Mm -hmm. this is a this is an antagonist and a villain that you've been like leading up to for this whole book. And then you kill him in a chapter that none of the main characters are involved with. So then, like, what's the rest of this book about, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, why I thought that, like, the main, I thought the main battle was going to be with Smaug and that somehow or yeah. another Bilbo was going to kill Smaug, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm with you that, like, it it makes sense that there should be this confrontation between uh, Smaug and the dwarves. It totally yeah. makes sense that that should be there. But originally, it wasn't. (laughs) I'm confused. Like, it's just... I know. Even in the movie, that Bard is still kind of removed from the story. Like... I know, yeah. I guess he does fit in the theme of legacy of, like, his fathers couldn't do the task, so he had to do a task on the shoulders of his his son. The next generation. So it does fit. But they are part of the company. I don't, I don't care about that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is why I wanted Tariel to end Keely like and the Keely doors to do it. To do. That would be a fun yeah. bonding moment, yeah. So, like, the company kills the dragon. Know, that would have been so Look, good. we've got, between the two of us, we have some great ideas. Let's just reshoot the whole 
thing. Let's rewrite you know it. Just start we over from it. the beginning. Let's do it. All right, guys, we're going to crowdsource it, um, crowdfund it, whatever it's called. <laughs> All right. Just call your good friend Jeff Bezos. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. That Jeff Bezos money is going to be raking in as soon as that feud gets going. Um, so they lead him into i guess this is the gallery of the kings and uh at one point bilbo gets like knocked underneath like a tapestry and smaug is saying like you came from lake town that's where i'm gonna go and Mm -hmm. bilbo like peeks out from underneath the tapestry and it's so cute i just love that moment (laughs) Uh that's yeah that's when bilbo jumps up and like speaks like just once again you know that moment of like the little guy standing up against this formidable foe and he like Uh jumps up and is like you cannot go to lake town you know they've done nothing they're innocent and smog's like oh so you care for them I'm definitely going to kill them then. So they bait Smaug into this room where there's this like giant mold of a statue. (laughs) And yeah, Thorin, that's where Thorin has this big confrontation and this big speech um, and is like, we will have our revenge. And then they break the mold apart and it's this giant golden statue of the kings and it hasn't fully formed yet, <clears throat> so the gold mm. bursts, and this is where, uh, in particular, the molten gold is really terribly, like, obviously CGI'd. How am I supposed to know? I've never seen molten gold before. <laughs> that it is true. It, it just looked very, it looked very animated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they cover, it covers and coats Smaug in gold, and... I was like, did they not realize this is actually a terrible plan? (laughs) Because one, (laughs) there's no way, like, his scales are constructed to, like, withstand fire, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not, the gold isn't going to burn him or anything to death. And two, if anything, Mm -hmm. it's just going to make him stronger because he's going to have, like, an extra armor of gold (laughs) on the outside. I I thought the goal was... Watching it for the first time, I'm like, oh, they're gonna turn him into a statue. Uh, and like he's it needed in there, it huh? needed more yeah. time to like cool down and solidify for that plan <laughs> for that plan to work. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's I still very much it. liquid. <laughs> yeah, but I like that scene so much because like it's so thematic of what Thorne is going through, the whole like b- literally breaking the mold of past kings to do what is right, <laughs> you know? That's what like I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all really, those are all like really wonderful things that you mentioned. Um, and so Smaug, of course, this doesn't work though. So Smaug jumps up and this is really where they, it's like they forgot to put the Smaug voice on and it just sounds like <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> when he's going like, he goes like, no, not at all. I love Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch's voice as Smaug. Oh my God. I just posted a, a really weird TikTok about that actually. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what was I saying? Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh yeah, yeah. He goes like, he's saying, he's saying like revenge. I'll show you revenge. And I'm like, that's just Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yep, pretty much. He, he forgot the voice. He left yeah, it at home. They didn't put the effects on. Um, 
also, that will bring us to this week's segment. Okay, so for your, I hate having to introduce this. <laughs> this is the dumbest category topic I've come up with because I have to explain it every time. Okay, so when I was doing the Lord of the Rings movies, I had the segment, uh-huh. is Viggo Mortensen actually a ranger? And when I was looking at trivia for the Hobbit movies, I found all of these really wonderful um, trivia about how much effort Benedict Cumberbatch put into his role um, and his involvement <laughs> um, in these films. So that will bring us to this week's segment of Is Benedict Cumberbatch Actually Smaug? <laughs> Probably. So aside from providing the voice of Smaug, Benedict Cumberbatch also supplied motion capture performance to portray the dragon. <laughs> this part, though. However, since Smaug's body is impossible to motion capture fully, only Benedict Cumberbatch's face, upper body, and arms were captured, and the rest of his body was completed in keyframe animation. So this homeboy <laughs> did full mocap performance. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even necessarily, like, need to use it. <laughs> no. Ugh, he thought he was on some Andy Circus stuff. He didn't. He, he's like, this is my moment. This is my character. And he really thought this would work out, didn't he? It did, <sighs> though. I think it really added another level to this. To this. I mean, like, it's a voice acting role, you know. But I think mm-hmm. he did it amazingly well. Really? I mean, okay. You- the voice is good. The voice is good. Is this the it's- is this the one thing in the mo- in the movies that I really liked and you didn't? <laughs> well, okay. I okay. I appreciate Benedict's willingness to get on the floor and wiggle around, slither around. <laughs> very slither. It's a very slithery dragon. Yes, but. It, the design of Smog is really weird in that he has like a long neck, you know what I mean? But it's. Yeah. But you can see the elbows and the arms, you know, it's kind of attached to like his wings are attached to his elbows. Smog is, I, I don't know how accurate it is. It feels weird to me, you know what I mean? Like to me in my head, when, when I like use dragons and Dungeons Dragons, like they have a short neck, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like a. Like so, a really like big shoulder. Something that kind, might kind of answer that question. They designed Smaug to be multicultural, combining characteristics from dragons around the world. Oh, uh, you know what? That explains how. Which I think was pretty weird. cool. That yeah, like they, he's very unique, and then they also weren't like, well, we're not just gonna like take one culture's depiction mm-hmm. of a dragon. Let's use them all. Yeah, but then. It- Gets it, it, he has this weird design where I'm not sure if it makes sense in a weird way to have that long of a neck and like, but who cares? You know what would like, be really funny is, real. if, is if the one part from the mocap performance that they did keep was the things with the neck. <laughs> like <laughs> the one, the reason he has a super long neck is because they're like, no, that's how the mocap performance went. <laughs> oh, okay, Benedict, real. real. <laughs> We'll know what they say about right long necks? Long beards? Big I don't know. turtlenecks. <laughs> Go home. You're done for the day. You're done. <laughs> no, we're not done, but we're almost there. So Smaug, yeah, I was like, I'll show you revenge. And he flies Ooh, that out. That was good. And Maybe he should have been Smaug. <laughs> Thank you. I like this. <laughs> <clears throat> so 
He flies outside and he like does a little spin where he like shakes off all the gold. Mm. Which again, I'm like, Smaug, you should have just like let that harden and then you would have had an extra coat of armor, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) And then he goes flying towards Lake Town. And so I know I said all of that stuff about like they should have cut all of this battle part and then taken the first 10 minutes of Battle of Five Armies and that's how they should have ended Desolation of Smaug. However, this part they nailed. Like this, if like since this was the ending they decided to go with, they really mm-hmm. nailed it. He flies off towards Lake Town and the music kind of like fades out and he goes, you know, he's saying, I am fire, I am death. And total silence. And then you show Bilbo watching in horror and he says what have we done and then another Mm. beat of silence and then cut to black hell yeah i liked it like that was uh, was, again if like since that's the ending they decided to go with it's really good (laughs) it's really effective it's really effective it makes you want to watch the third movie immediately. It does just, make you want to yeah. watch the third movie immediately because you're like, what do you mean they don't kill Smaug in the movie called Desolation of Smaug? Maybe the desolation was the friends we made along the way. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It maybe, works. yeah, maybe the desolation ship, maybe the desolation ship, <laughs> the desolation ship of Smaug. Maybe the desolation was the friendships we destroyed along the way. <laughs> that, oh, was, that was really it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if we're skipping ahead, when I immediately put in the Battle of Five Armies and the t- and Smog is defeated and it cuts back to the dwarves, like, the dragon's dead and Thorne's like, meh. I'm like, damn, really? Like, I thought this... He's been taken mm. over by that that sickness, which is so strange. Actually, now that I'm thinking about this, that's so odd because mm-hmm. we did just have this huge moment of him, you know, stepping yeah. up and like being himself again. And then mm-hmm. he goes right back to being like Thorin in, you know, sickness mode. Ugh, which I, I just I just wish it wasn't magical or it wasn't an actual sickness. Like, so yeah, I there don't, are tons of, yeah, there are tons of cultural terms where it's not really like pulling your leg or break a leg. That's not what they actually mean. I, that's what I thought in my head, but it just robs the character of so much agency to have it be a sickness. Yeah. And they also, it also like really, it takes away a lot of like character growth from Thorin that he just experienced, you know, in this part of the movie. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like, we're back kind of like how we started at the beginning of this whole thing with how Mm -hmm. he is in battle of five armies. (sighs) But I watched it. It was fun. It was good. This is probably (laughs) my favorite Hobbit movie. The the second one. It's probably my favorite. I enjoy, I enjoy it too. Again, on more of a like grand scheme of things rather than like a detailed discussion where I'm talking for two and a half hours every week <laughs> about mm-hmm. the movies. <laughs> um but yeah on the grand scheme of things I do enjoy them. And I remember that after those first watch throughs I do remember thinking like I think Desolation of Smaug was my favorite of all of them. Um <laughs> now I think I think Unexpected Journey is definitely still the strongest of them. 
Um, cause it does uh, just does such an excellent job of setting things in motion and like introducing mm-hmm. us to the characters and, and, you know, what the world is like or uh, what the world is going to be like in this story. Cause obviously it's a different, it's a little bit different than how it was in Lord of the Rings and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, my main, my main gripe with, um, Desolation of Smaug and, and Battle of Five Armies is that like with Unexpected Journey, it felt like a complete movie like obviously it was like one part of a trilogy Mm -hmm. but it still felt like okay this has a complete beginning middle and end all on its own whereas this one very much feels like you know there should have been a to be continued at the Mm. pop-up at the end you know yeah but like i said before that to me the resolution or standing on the golden statue that's like that's yeah, that's like the, what the story's really about. Yeah, that's but. like the personal, and that it was like a it was a similar thing with Unexpected Journey, where like the resolution was about um like Bilbo being accepted by the dwarves mm-hmm. and everything. So it was kind of like a more interpersonal conflict that was being resolved, rather than this like large overarching like hey do we have the treasure yet (laughs) is the dragon defeated (laughs) yeah that's what that's what the movie that's the strength of these hobbit films when it's about the hobbit and the company and the people that we care about it's it's amazing when it tries to be the battle of five armies we gotta have a big battle we have to have just like in lord of the rings you know we have to do this we have to do that it loses me and and it loses a lot of the audience you know? know and you know Imagine that when The Hobbit is about The Hobbit, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for joining me. Um, what would you like to share with our audience and where can people find you on the internet? Oh, okay. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Freddy's Roommates, where I talk about all kinds of things and have people dress me and I talk about pop culture and things like that. Um, if you want my bachelor opinions and you want to, Follow along as I live tweet The Bachelor. Follow me on Twitter at I am Justin Jordan. And if you just want to follow my personal life, go to at I am Justin Jordan on Instagram. And please, 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 please go check out the Adventurers Guild DD show. It's a great show led by another TikTok creator named Paul Koska. He's amazing. He's wonderful. He's talented. So yeah, go check that out. All wonderful, wonderful things. Yes, listeners, if you if you really love D&D, definitely go follow Justin on all of those things because you talk about D&D a lot. And again, I know nothing <laughs> yeah. about it, so I wish I could fully appreciate everything that you do. But I know that a lot of uh, my listeners will love everything that you say about, you know, say and create regarding D&D because they love oh my D&D. Gosh. So. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make you play D&D. Just you wait, Henry okay. Higgins. I got you. All right. I got you. You're about you're about like maybe 15, number 15 on the list of people who've oh. been, who have been like, I'm going to make you play D&D, so you might have to wait a bit. <laughs> oh, I will wait for years. I'll, just you wait. Oh, no, just I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay, okay, okay. I'll let you, I'll let you know if I ever play D&D or, or something something changes with that. My thing is just that I can't keep track of like every all the different moving pieces, and it's like too it's overwhelming okay. for me. So uh, it's okay. It's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. I like that you're not giving up on this. <laughs> oh, never give up. Just like Thorin did. 
Never give up. <laughs> That's What I'm Talking About is a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Curly Critics. Hi, I'm Curly, and she's Critic, and we're the... No, wait. Our introduction goes like this. I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics, and we review pop culture every week. Check us out as we review New Girl. The Narnia movies. And coming very soon, Harry Potter. New episodes out every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts or on WBNE.org. And don't forget, beavers aren't real. The cover art is by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. And Vaishon also just recently did the newest merch design for That's What I'm Talking About, which you can get by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod or following the link in the episode description and explore all of the cool merch that I have available. There is the That's What I'm Talking About logo on various stickers and magnets and t-shirts and whatnot and the newest merch available is a wonderful hobbity autumnal design you can find the podcast on twitter and instagram at talking about pod you can find me on twitter at mc WhatsApp and instagram at mc turn down for what you can support the podcast by becoming a patron go to patreon.com slash talking about pod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available i just uploaded the first monthly newsletter for that's what i'm talking about patrons which you will get if you join at any level and the newsletter gives you a sneak peek about what's to come, guests that will be coming up in the next month, um, as well as some extra memes. Of course, we all love our we all love a good Lord of the Rings meme. Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast, like Alan. Alan, thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. I very much appreciate it. As always, if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review. Next week, we are picking up with the last of the Hobbit movies. It's a momentous occasion, y'all. We are starting with the Battle of Five Armies, obviously, at the beginning of the movie. And we are going to 27 minutes and nine seconds right after Lake Town decides to head to Dale in order to seek refuge. Well, Justin, again, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Um, uh, be yourself and drink plenty of water. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about.